Hey everybody, welcome to Tales from the Cryptocurrency, where I attempt to demystify cryptocurrency and take the horror out of Bitcoin and other altcoins. Today we're going to be covering, uh, of course, we'll be covering prices, we'll be covering, uh, of course, some crypto news. Um, I am not going to give you a new altcoin uh, today, uh, but we are going to talk about what is Web3 during that segment, and then after that I'll cover some more stuff that's going on at MetaHedge and uh, this week's strategy as we go through. So kicking off the week, uh, right now Bitcoin is at $19,264, that's 1.3% down. Down for today, 58.4% down for the year. Ethereum is currently at $1,308, which is 1.2% down for today, and 64.5% down for the year. The MetaHedge Fear and Greed Index is currently showing at 22, which is a three-point slide from last week's Fear and Greed Index at 25. Of course, we know when extreme fear is listed on the index, that presents a buying opportunity, and when it extreme greed is uh, listed. It is a perfect time to start selling uh, your bags because uh, that's when people are getting greedy and want to purchase uh, everything. So if you want to buy low and sell high, Paying attention to the greed index is a great way to go about it. In today's uh, cryptocurrency news, uh, we're going to talk about billionaires and Bitcoin, mostly because uh, this week uh, I heard four billionaires talking about Bitcoin, and mostly it's because I was checking out the All In podcast, uh, which uh, basically has news of billionaires talking um mostly about what they're doing with their money and what they're seeing in the world. It's actually a pretty interesting podcast to check out. So if you haven't heard of it, uh, check it out. It's called All In. And I, I listened to it on Spotify. And uh, this was uh, this week's first time for me uh, checking it out. So uh, while I did that, uh, I figured I would give you a summary uh, because it would be a sin to have you listen to an entire podcast that I already listened to. So basically what I'll do is I will give you uh, my 92nd uh, synopsis of it, uh, of this 90-minute podcast uh, with these four billionaires. And basically, there were three top takeaways uh, that we could follow from the from the podcast. Number one was that Bitcoin uh, equals separation of money and state. So for hundreds of years, there's been this concept around the world of separation of church and state. It's the idea that governments aren't allowed to force religion onto people or even promote it. But you know that governments can enforce and promote that's fiat currencies that's right they can make you use fiat currencies and they can force them upon you so the all-in guys were arguing that bitcoin can be a solution to that it's a separation of money and state because bitcoin is not controlled by a centralized government bitcoin can't be infinitely printed and we're seeing people turn around uh around the world basically turning to bitcoin because of this so it's slowly becoming an antidote to inflation all because uh governments uh are causing well actually i should say it's all caused because governments are printing fiat currencies whenever they want. So, And where does all this money printing come from anyways? So, Are they doing this at Staples? Are they doing it at UPS? Who the heck knows? But they certainly are printing money like crazy. 
The second uh, option that uh, that came up from these billionaires was that real world assets can be put on a blockchain. So you can think of the blockchain as a view only Excel sheet for the entire history of transactions. And the all in guys argue that there's no reason why every single piece of land around the world wouldn't be written onto the blockchain. Uh, it's uh, it lets people easily track the history of owners, uh, sell and trade the land, financialize the land, borrow against it, split it into multiple plots. At MetaHedge, we've talked about this by backing real world assets with NFTs. And it doesn't just stop there. DeFi makes it possible to put every real world asset on chain. So your home can be put on chain, your jewelry, your art. Maybe even your career, everything can be monetized and you can have sole ownership of it all through NFTs and you would be able to monetize every single thing in your, in your, in your life through NFTs as well. And by just logging it onto the blockchain. So your data can be yours. And this is one of the things that we're also working on very hard at MetaHedge is making your data yours, something that can travel with you instead of Google, just taking your data from you. So number three, uh, Bitcoin critics fail to understand one thing, the underlying technology. And that's the truth. Pop quiz. What do Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, and Howard Marks all have in common? They're all legendary investors, and none are technologists. That's right. They all hate Bitcoin, but they're like my grandma, uh, who asked me to fix what channel Netflix is on her TV. But uh, they fail to understand one thing, the tech Bitcoin is the first digital asset with limited copies. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. There's no central authority, so they can't make any more. You can't print more Bitcoin. And so far, it's been impossible to duplicate or double spend Bitcoin. But there is one thing that needs to happen for Bitcoin to become a globally accepted currency. People need to believe in it. So don't stop believing. Hold on to that. Or as Journey says, what was that song? Um... Yeah, don't stop believing. Right on. I love it. Uh, as long as people continue to believe in Bitcoin and buy it, then uh, everybody will believe in Bitcoin and Bitcoin can be money. So that's one of the things uh, that you can definitely do is if by purchasing it, it makes it stronger. And one of the people that is currently making it stronger as we continue the news is the CEO of Shopify, who's betting big on crypto this year, Tobias Lutke is the CEO of Shopify, and he's one of the top 20 richest Canadians in the world, and one of the few that can pull off wearing a, fee, a flat cap, by the way. Uh, he's also been betting big on crypto by buying Coinbase stock. He's been buying 369,000 worth of Coinbase stock every single week since August 1st. He's been buying Coinbase, uh, or I should say, uh, cash coin stock like it was uh, toilet paper during the pandemic. And talking about conviction, he's hanging up NFTs in his living room. That's right. You thought NFTs were just JPEGs on the blockchain? No. Think again. Toby hung up uh, an NFT from Tyler Hobbs' Fidenza collection. Uh, right now, the cheapest one, by the way, is $125,000. And it's basically an NFT of some squiggly lines um, 
that are painted different colors and etc uh like that so uh there's uh nfts by the way being used all over the world right now as uh art uh, and people are purchasing it like crazy to put in their houses to uh, also to to display uh, in digital art frames uh, throughout their houses and uh, even in their offices and etc. So look for NFTs to make a resurgence as digital art. Cool things that you can finally, finally hang on your wall, not just have in your wallet. So we were going to talk about, uh, well, we were going to talk about uh, altcoins and what is 1.3 uh, and etc. Uh, I do want to cover, just because this is an altcoin segment, I want to cover a little bit of Scratchcoin, by the way. Uh, and Scratchcoin is something that you can take a look at. Do your own research. The coin is definitely going in the toilet. As of today, it's, it's still currently down 5.57%. And the Scratch price is about $0.54 cents, uh, for one currently right now but what is scratch scratch is a utility token for the boomer squad nft ecosystem which is an nft collection on chronos so uh, boomer squad nfts are is basically it's it's a project that was funded by a fully docs team of 11 the boomer squad was established to build an ecosystem of on-chain games events collections and the ecosystem developments uh reflect value back to like generation you know oh boomers etc so uh through their verified distribution contract which is called the mattress fund uh boomers uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, the Boomer DAO. Uh, you can check out Gitbook for a full breakdown of everything that's already established in the works uh, in their ecosystem. But Scratch is mainly generated from their Boom Rooms, uh, which are fully interactive NFTs that can be customized, built, and upgraded on block uh, to earn more Scratch. So what uh, Scratch basically is, and it, and it actually... Uh, it actually trades under the ticker symbol Scratch. So it goes along with the game. It's another in-game currency. It's listed. Doesn't have a lot of volume. But here's the cool thing. Uh, boomers are kind of entering the space right now. So this is the perfect meme project to get along and uh, attract uh, a large community. So uh, their current... Uh, volume as of like right now was $11,918. That's what I was just looking up. And they update their scratch to USD price in real time. Scratch is currently down 5.92% in the last 24 hours in the coin. Market cap ranking is 4,892 with a live market cap of, let me see, not available. So they have a not available live market cap. So the circulating supply is not available as I look here and a maximum supply of 30 million scratch coins in circulation. So who knows how many are actually in circulation because we can't find the data. But check it out. I wouldn't say buy any of this, but it's good to go in and start looking at projects that are working, even if they're not making money, uh, mostly because it helps you identify projects in the future that will make money and etc. So, uh, so there you go. I'm just going to leave you with that on scratch. And I, I told you that we would be talking uh, about Web3 
So I wanted to cover a little bit of that before I went on to what we're doing at MetaHedge and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of people have asked me uh, via the email and et cetera, what exactly is Web3? So uh, I've tried to, to discuss it and I've tried to explain it a bunch of different ways. I've sent people to videos. So I thought I would just cover it here uh, for a little bit anyways, not not in depth, but at least over the top so that you know uh, what what is is Web3 and how can you participate and what are we doing about it and where is it going to go in the future? So if you can imagine a new type of internet that uh, not only accurately interprets what you input, but actually understands everything that you convey, whether through text, voice or other media, one where you can, where all the content you consume is more tailored to you than ever before we're at the tipping point of a new phase in the web's evolution, and that's where we're going to. Some early pioneers started calling it Web3, and that's what we're currently calling it. So arguably, there's a few early stage Web3 applications that already exist today, but until the new internet becomes fully embedded in the Web3 infrastructure, uh, their true potential can't really be observed. So Web3 currently right now is uh, like 5G phones. Remember when 5G phones used to flash saying, hey, you have 5G, but 5G wasn't yet a thing. Web3 is kind of like, like that. Uh, everybody's getting ready for it, but it's not officially a thing yet. So what exactly is Web3 and what will it look like and how will it change your life? Well, Web3 is the upcoming third generation of the internet where websites and apps will be able to process information in smart human-like way through technologies like machine learning. So you might have heard of ML, Big Data, Decentralized Ledger Technology, which is DLT, uh, etc. Web3 was originally called the Semantic Web by uh, World Wide Web inventor Tim Berners-Lee and was aimed at being a more autonomous, intelligent, and open internet. The Web3 definition can be expanded as follows. Data will be interconnected in a decentralized way, which would be a huge leap forward to our current generation of the internet, Web2.0 where data is mostly stored in centralized repositories. Furthermore, users and machines will be able to interact with data, but for this to happen, programs need to understand information both conceptually and contextually. So with this in mind, the two cornerstones of Web.3 are semantic web and artificial intelligence, or AI. So as Web3 networks will operate through decentralized protocols, the founding blocks of blockchain and cryptocurrency technology, we can expect to see a strong convergence of symbiotic relationships between these three technologies and other fields. They'll be interoperable, seamlessly integrated, automated through smart contracts, and used to power anything from microtransactions in Africa, censorship-resistant person-to-person data file storage, and sharing with applications like Filecoin to completely change every company's conduct and operate their business. Uh, the current slew of DeFi protocols are just the tip of the iceberg as to what's happening in Web3 protocols and technology as well. There's a few details that you need to keep in mind when looking into Web3 tech. First of all, the concept isn't new. 
Jeffrey Zeldman, one of the early adopters of Web 1.0 and 2.0 applications, had written in a blog post putting his support behind Web 3 back in 2006. So talks around this topic had begun as early around 2001 as well. So the evolution of Web 3 technologies started when Web 3 uh, will eventually come of age and will be born of natural evolution of uh, older generation web tools combined with cutting edge technologies like AI and blockchain, as well as interconnection between users and increasing internet usage. So apparently internet 3.0 is an upgrade to its precursors, web 1.0 and web 2.0. In web 1.0, if you don't know, that was the internet of 1989 through 2005 and uh, web 1.0 also called the static web, was the first and most reliable internet in the 1990s, despite only offering access to limited information with little or no user interaction. Back in the day, creating user pages or even commenting on articles wasn't a thing. Web 1.0 didn't have algorithms to sift internet pages, which made it extremely hard for users to find relevant information. Simply put, it was like a one-way highway with a narrow footpath where content creation was done by a select few and information came mostly from directories. That brought us to Web 2.0, which is where we're currently at, and that uh, picked up in 2005. So from 2005 to now, we're experiencing Web 2.0, which is known as the social web or uh, Web 2.0. Uh, which has made the internet a lot more interactive thanks to advancements in web technologies like JavaScript, HTML5, CSS3, etc., which enabled startups to build interactive web platforms such as YouTube, Facebook, Wikipedia, and more. This paved the way for both social networks and user-generated content production to flourish since data can now be distributed and shared between various platforms and applications. The set of tools in this internet era was pioneered by a number of web innovators, like the aforementioned Jeffrey Zeldman. So, where is Web3? Web3 is yet to come. Web3 is the next stage of the web evolution that would make the internet more intelligent or process information with near human-like intelligence through the power of AI systems that could run smart programs to assist users. Tim Berners-Lee had said that the semantic web is meant to automatically interface with systems, people, and home devices. As such, content creation and decision-making processes will involve both humans and machines. This would enable the intelligent creation and distribution of highly tailored content straight to every internet consumer. Key features of Web 3.0? Well, to really understand the next stage of the internet, we need to take a look at four key features of Web 3.0. Ubiquity, semantic web, artificial intelligence, and 3D graphics. Ubiquity means being or having the capacity to have to be everywhere, basically, uh, especially at the same time. In other words, omnipresent. In that sense, Web 2.0 is already ubiquitous since, for example, a Facebook user can instantly capture an image and share it, which then becomes ubiquitous since it's available to anyone no matter where they are, as long as they have access to the social media platform. 
Web 3.0 simply takes this a step further by making the internet accessible to everyone anywhere at any time. At some point, internet-connected devices will no longer be concentrated on computers and smartphones like Web 2.0, since IoT, which is the Internet of Things technology, will bring forth a plethora of new types of smart devices. So, the semantic web... Uh, semantics is the study of the relationship between words. Therefore, the semantic web, according to Berners-Lee, enables computers to analyze loads of data from the web, which includes content, transactions, and links between persons. In practice, how would it look? Well, take these two sentences, for instance. I love Bitcoin. Or I, with a greater than sign, three Bitcoin, which makes a heart. So I heart Bitcoin. Their syntax might be different, but their semantics are pretty much the same, since semantics only deals with the meaning or emotion of a content. So applying semantics in the web would enable machines to decode meaning and emotions by analyzing data. Consequently, internet users will have a better experience driven by enhanced data connectivity. That brings us to the third thing that we need to understand for Web3, which is artificial intelligence. So Wikipedia defines AI as intelligence demonstrated by machines. And since Web 3.0 machines can read and decipher the meaning and emotions conveyed by a set of data, it brings forth intelligent machines. Although Web 2.0 presents similar capabilities, it is still predominantly human-based, which opens up a room for corrupt behaviors such as biased product reviews, rigged ratings, and all of that kind of junk that we currently have. So for instance, Online review platforms like Trustpilot provide a way for consumers to review any product or service. Unfortunately, a company can simply gather a large group of people and pay them to create positive reviews for its underserving products. Therefore, the internet needs AI to learn how to distinguish the genuine from the fake in order to provide reliable data. Google's AI system recently removed around 100,000 negative reviews of the Robinhood app from the Play Store following the GameStop trading debacle when it detected attempts of rating manipulation intended to artificially download the app. This is AI in action, which will soon seamlessly fit into Internet 3.0, enabling blogs and other online platforms to sift through data and tailor them to each user's liking. As AI advances, it will ultimately be able to provide users with the best filtered and unbiased data possible. So that brings us to the final component, which is going to be spatial web and 3D graphics. Some futurists also call Web 3 uh, the spatial web, as it aims to blur the line between the physical and the digital by revolutionizing graphics technology, bringing into clear, focused, three-dimensional or 3D virtual worlds. Unlike their 2D counterparts, 3D graphics bring a new level of immersion, not only in futuristic gaming applications like Decentraland, but also other sectors like real estate, health, e-commerce, and more. So a common requirement for a Web3 application is the ability to digest large-scale information and turn it into factual knowledge and useful extensions, executions for the users. 
With that being said, these applications are still in the early stages, which means that they have a lot of room for improvement and are far cry uh, from how Web3 apps could potentially function. Some of the companies that are building or have products that are transforming the into Internet 3 applications are Amazon, Apple, and Google. And two examples that utilize Web3 technologies are Siri and Wolfram uh, Alpha. So uh, who else uh, is a adopter, early adopter and user? Well, MetaHedge, that's right, us. Uh, so as the new internet will provide a more personal and customized browsing experience, a smarter and more human-like search assistant and other decentralized benefits that are hoped uh, that are hoped will establish a more equitable web for all, then this will be achieved by empowering each individual user to become a sovereign over their data and creating a richer overall experience thanks to the myriad of innovations that is to come once it is in its place. So when Web 3.0 inevitably arrives, as hard as it is to fathom considering how smart devices have already changed our behavioral patterns, well, the internet will come to exponentially more integrated in our lives as it will become. We will see nearly all of today's normal offline machines from home appliances like ovens, vacuums, and refrigerators to all types of transport becoming a part of the IoT economy, interacting with its autonomous servers and decentralized applications, or known as dApps, advancing new digital realms like blockchain and digital asset to power a myriad of new tech miracles for the 21st century. So there you have it, Web3 in a nutshell as it goes so one of uh i was talking one of like the main adoptions of web3 is what we're doing over at MetaHedge. as you guys know one of the main things at MetaHedge that has just happened is we stopped selling metas uh altogether now metas can only be purchased from our partners for anybody that is new we will continue to fill orders for our already established wallets um as the orders come in and etc. But uh, any new people will have to go to the Telegram group and place their order there, and then it will be filled by the partners. And the new price for Metas that is currently being established for this is 500 to 1. So uh, 500 Metas to $1 is what all new purchasers uh, will, will be able to purchase uh, for. And uh, we also have some stuff going on with MetaSearch. So with MetaSearch, search there is a new donation button and when you donate uh to the meta search engine you will get an nft and when you get that nft uh that nft will allow you to become part of the inner circle uh we call it the golden thread at uh twine which is a social media platform that we are developing that has a tokenized up down uh voting mechanism so basically the way that twine will work without going into too many specifics is it's blockchain activated and every user will receive a certain amount of spool 
which is a cryptocurrency that goes along with the platform. And then uh, as you post, it will cost you a little bit of spool. And as you are liked or as you get good or positive reactions to your post, you will earn more spool from the platform. And if you post negative stuff or spam or stuff like that, it will cost you spool uh, as your as your uh, post gets taken down and you need to repost it, etc. When you are out of spool, which is a coin, it cannot be purchased. Uh, so it becomes an enormous hassle. You have to redo uh, your profile. And you have to do a bunch of junk in order to get it to all run together again. So you don't want to lose uh uh you don't want to lose the ability to to receive your 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 coins when you come in and you don't want to lose the coins that you have because the coins that you have have an actual value so basically what happens with that is that you want to manage them just like you would manage any other cryptocurrency even though there's not an intrinsic value uh all of the value comes from the ability to use uh twine and Twine is a combination, basically, of Twitter and Vine that we are developed that uses a mechanism that we talked about on the blockchain. And what also happens with Twine is that uh, you will be able to upload videos in a more streamlined uh, version. You will also be able to do on-demand video to live streaming. So uh, you'll be able to take video, and it will immediately go to your platform. Then you can type in a couple of characters, and that will get posted with your post as well and everybody will know so it kind of streamlines uh tiktok gives you all of the things functionality that you would have on tiktok uh at the same time it's kind of like a step up from there uh and has the social aspects of twitter uh minus the bots as well so it's a pretty interesting platform and uh the up down voting mechanism that's attached to it uh, on the blockchain uh is very cool we tweeted about this a few months ago uh as it was in its initial uh conception we sent it out to elon musk as well uh letting him know that we had a a better project uh than the current twitter as it is and this is a better project than the current twitter as it stands so we'll see uh what they do uh after that so this week's strategy uh, for cryptocurrency is once again to hold. Let's uh, take a look and find new opportunities. Uh, hit that altcoin, the altcoin list, uh, scour them, go to StockForge and uh, check up and sign up for some of the airdrops uh, that are on the Kryptoni channel and do that kind of stuff uh, right now. Uh, and I think it's getting very close to the period where it's going to start to be you know, time to buy cryptocurrency. So we saw that that uh, dip down from 25 to 22 on the sentiment meter, uh, which means that if it dips any lower than that, then it's probably going to be a good time uh, to purchase some crypto. As the markets are, uh, you know, not turning around, everything is taking a beating. Crypto is taking a beating. Even bonds are taking a beating in the market right now. So uh, just about everything is taking a beating. So uh, save your money and uh, look for opportunities to purchase at the absolute lowest. So that's all that I could say. And none of this, again, is financial advice. So don't take it as financial advice. Just kind of do your own thing. So I'm just sharing what I have for the sake of documentation. So there you go. And today's episode was brought to you at uh, by StockForge. 
Uh, have you ever wanted to learn more about stocks in a friendly community? StockForge is your answer. Uh, in the StockForge platform, you also will find my channel where I have the hottest airdrops from across the internet. In order to profit from crypto, timing is crucial. And what better timing is there than at the very beginning of a project? So receive tons of free crypto and NFTs on the Cryptoni airdrops channel only on StockForge. Use promo code Cryptoni to try it out for free. If you want to drop me a line or have any questions, go ahead and do that at email. Uh, which is CryptoKeeper2U at gmail.com. Once again, it is CryptoKeeper, the number two, the letter U at gmail.com. I'll answer any of the questions that you have there. And until the next time that we meet, if you don't do anything else, just buy the freaking dip.